Welcome into another edition of this Red Zone Radio mini-series podcast. We are back to talk about baseball. And when I say we, I mean myself, Matthew Hargrove, and Tori Bowling, the baseball guys of Red Zone Radio. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the last podcast we had, we talked about the wild card series of the MLB postseason and what we thought was going to happen. And sadly, Tori Bowling is a little more down than usual because of Cincinnati Reds. Could not score a run, not, let alone didn't win the series. They couldn't put up a single run on the board against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Matthew, I did the most typical, I don't know, Cincinnati Reds fan thing ever. I set my expectations low. I said, you know what, I'm just so glad I get to watch Cincinnati Reds postseason baseball. I'm just so happy about that. And, and then comes and you know Thursday. What? If, if they lose... Then, you know, I'm fine because I at least got postseason baseball and, you know, I'm just happy the Reds are here. So, they're not the better team. And so, if they lose, I'm okay with that. Well, then the Reds proceeded to do the only thing that could possibly piss me off. And that would be to not score a singular run. A singular run in 22 innings of baseball. And in the Cincinnati, one of the Cincinnati Reds um, athletic reporters, um, C-Train, he was... Um, he tweeted one of those um, uh, pitching ninja videos of a Kyle Anderson pitch and said, and like, you know, did the um, capital letter, lowercase yeah. letter C pitching is hard. I'm like, you know what? That just, that just sent me over the edge. No one ever said that hitting is not easy. Go off, right? King. No one Go ever off, said King. hitting is completely easy. Cause if it was, I'd be up there doing it for the Cincinnati Reds. I realize that, but excuse me, excuse me. For assuming that maybe, just maybe, a Major League Baseball team could score one run because, Lord forbid, a playoff team score one run in 22 innings. And like I said, Matthew, they did the only thing possible that could make me more mad. So, The last baseball podcast we had was last Wednesday. Tory Bowling has been waiting to have this rant because on the usual Red Zone radio podcast that we do every Sunday night, he doesn't really have time. We're, yeah, we we're talking about, about WKU yeah. football. We're talking about... All, the, all and, that other yeah. stuff. So this has been boiling inside his stomach, inside his his soul for the past week, plus two days, because I don't, it's Thursday, plus one day. Did you happen to see the video of Trevor Bauer reacting to Joey Votto not scoring on the single? Yes. That, that's something I did not need in my life, was seeing that. because That was tragic. <laughs> that, that was extremely Yeah, you felt tragic. so bad for him. And... Also, Trevor Bauer is making some headline news. It probably doesn't mean anything, but it seems like every time a team shows promise in the playoffs, Trevor Bauer tweets at him and says something like, this team, I think, needs an extra superstar pitcher to get over the hump. Trevor Bauer is being Trevor Bauer right now. Um, He tweeted his boarding pass to Boston at the Red Sox. He said, oh, maybe the Yankees need an extra ace on their staff. And then he... Someone uh, tweeted at him from the Red, like a Reds fan said, "Hey, thanks for all you did this season. I'm sad you won't be uh, on the team next year." And he said, "Who says I won't be on the team next year?" So I think he's, I think Trevor Bauer, you know, a lot of these guys they say uh, every all 30 teams have a chance to sign me. I mean, like when Albert Pujols was a free agent in 2010 or whatever, I don't think 
the Miami Marlins had a big chance of signing him. Definitely. And so, like, when they say that, it's usually just a hyperbole. I truly think every single MLB team has a chance to sign Trevor Bauer. Yeah, I've been loving every single second of it. And going back to the Cincinnati Reds, does it make you feel better that the Atlanta Braves yeah. are killing the Miami Marlins and at least the Cincinnati Reds played them a little bit better well, than the Miami the, Marlins are? Their pitching staff is continued. It was... You know, obviously the Reds' offense was anemic and awful in every sense of the word. But, like, their the Braves' pitching staff has translated it over to the Marlins. Again, not a offensive, you know, superstar-laden team. But it does make me feel a little better that um, that they have performed well. And, like, the Braves don't have the best starting pitching, but they do have a good bullpen. And so it was just very frustrating. And actually – as I've continued to watch postseason baseball and I see teams with runners in scoring position just put the ball in play and good things happen, it, every time in my head it comes up, it's not that hard. Yeah. Like, just put the ball in play and good things will happen. You know, I text you, but we'll get into it, but the Padres' error uh, in game one, like, put the ball in play and good things will happen. Definitely, and like you said, we're going to talk about the division series later on in the show. The Atlanta Braves have actually just clinched their ticket to the National League Championship Series. They beat the Miami Marlins 7 to nothing today, yep. a sweep, and will most likely, unless the San Diego Padres can perform a miracle, will play the L.A. Dodgers. The Dodgers-Braves, NLCS. That'll that, be fun. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Seven-game series in that one. But now let's go back to what we were originally going to talk about in the wild card series, I'm going to start with that very San Diego Padres team. The St. Louis Cardinals, the Padres, it looks like they were finished. You had game two, Cardinals win game one. And then in the sixth inning, the Padres down six Just to two, erupted. get some energy from yeah. Fernando Tatis, went back to back, Manny Machado right after him. And then Fernando Tatis had a two run home run later on in that ball game. I can't remember if we talked about it in the first podcast, but obviously Padres now playing the Dodgers ended up winning game three. And if Fernando Tatis doesn't light a fire in that dugout, it's probably the Cardinals and Dodgers playing to go to the NLCS right now. Yeah. And he's went ahead and, and translated that over till the NLDS and, um, I think it was just very confusing as to how they won that series considering the pitching that they got. Um, the offense erupted in game two, like you said. I think in the sixth, seventh, and eighth innings of that game two, they scored mo more runs than the Cubs, Reds, um, Blue Jays, you know. A couple, oh, I believe it. Yeah, a lot of other teams did. R real quick. Season. Four runs in the sixth inning, yeah. three in the seventh, two in the eighth. Yeah, so nine runs in three innings. And and they came from the home run ball, yeah. which we talked about in the last show. That's going to be one of the big reasons if the Padres do go far yeah. is because they rely so much on the home run. Yeah, and I love it when superstars perform. I love it when guys come up in big moments. And Fernando Tatis, um, he obviously does that. Manny Machado has played well this postseason. I love it when guys step up in the moment when you need them most. And I think Padres have the dudes. I don't think that they have, they have the pitching to win the series. You know, obviously it's just not their up. time yet. Yeah, but I think the Padres are going to be a fun team from here on out. Yeah, and the Fox postgame show where it has Big Poppy, Alex Rodriguez, and yeah. Frank Thomas. They were talking about the Dodgers-Padres game two last night. And Frank Thomas said the Dodgers... They better win the World Series right now because yeah. this San Diego Padres team is going to be hard to beat in the future. Talking about that lineup, 
Machado, Fernando Tatis, he's young. He's probably going to be a future MVP. Cronenworth, he's been playing. Oh, my God, yeah, sensational. I mean, Eric Hosmer, he gets a single. Padres probably go on to win that game. It's tied one-to-one, and anything can happen. For sure. Um, And then another thing about that Cardinals-Padres series, you had Jack Flaherty on the mound for the Cardinals against, I don't even remember who pitched for the Padres, but you just have to think – for the Cardinals, you're in the, you're in your best case scenario. Right? You got your ace Jack Flaherty going in Game Three, and for some reason he just didn't bring it. Yeah, and I, you know, you mentioned how you would love to see and you want to see superstars be clutch, have the ninth inning home runs to take yeah. the lead. Do you think with Fernando Tatis doing things like that, with Manny Machado coming up in the clutch, with Talking about game two of the Dodgers and Padres NLDS series. Cody Bellinger, a superstar, an MVP in the league, making that highway robbery yes. catcher. Fernando Tatis is supposed to be home run in center field. Do you think that brings, because we talked about it in last in the last show as well, about more people watching baseball and, and Trevor Bauer trying to bring more people to view the game of baseball. Yeah. Do you think that by these superstars doing all these amazing things, do you think that brings the viewership in? Would you rather see, obviously you would rather see Fernando Tatis hit a yep. grand slam than maybe Austin Nola. Yes, I was thinking Austin Nola exactly. Yeah. That. But I'll put it this Who way. Who made me so mad by <laughs> popping out to the catcher one for 14. <laughs> yes. just, I was like, you got to be kidding me right now. Put the ball in play. Put the ball in play. That's, that's my biggest thing for me right now. But I'll put it this way, Matthew. Derek Jeter would not be Derek Jeter without his postseason. Uh, he's a career 300 hitter in the postseason, 20 career postseason home runs. You know, I know you don't love him, but I, I'm going to get the guy you do love. Um, Derek Jeter wouldn't be, you know, what he is without his postseason play. One of the most clutches. I'll, I'll be honest. Of all time. If I were to ever get a New York Yankees jersey, yeah. it would definitely be Derek Jeter. That would be the captain. David Ortiz would not be David Ortiz without his postseason play. 2004, 2013. Like, Manny Ramirez would not be Manny without his postseason performances. Yeah. You know, Roger Clemens, Pedro, all those guys. It does bring viewership to the game because, and I think that's kind of what's hurt baseball a little bit because you have guys like Mike Trout not making the postseason, Jacob DeGrom not making the postseason. Those big superstars haven't been in, but it does help baseball when the game's brightest stars shine. Definitely, and that's why I would love to see Mike Trout on a much better organization than the dang Los Angeles Angels. They just cannot figure it out. And it hurts Mike Trout's GOAT status because it's not his fault, but you can't ever say, oh man, Mike Trout was so clutch. He came up big time in the World Series. You can't ever, ever say that. And we talked about this on Red Zone, but with basketball, talking about, I brought it up, Talking about how Giannis, you know, Anthony Davis may be better than Giannis in my mind. And I'm saying that because Anthony Davis has had that opportunity. It's not a knock on Giannis. It's just because he hasn't had that opportunity. Yeah, well, I mean, if you ask the average baseball fan who's better, Cal Ripken Jr. or Derek Jeter, they're probably going to say Derek Jeter. Now, the numbers, if you really break them down, will probably say Cal Ripken. But there's just something about performing when the game's on the line well, the most. Well, that's the thing, and, and I want to ask you, say if you have a discussion between who do you think is better, Mike Trout, say he goes the rest of it, say Mike Trout's career were to end today, Mike Trout or David Ortiz, 
Who are you going to say is the better player? Mike Trout or Derek Jeter? Who are you going to say is the better well, player? Well, I mean, okay. what career would you take? What career would you would you rather have? I'm taking David Ortiz. Would you rather have Derek Jeter's career or would you rather have Mike Trout's career? I'm now, taking Mike Derek Trout Jeter. is a top five baseball player of all time. Derek Jeter objectively is not. But I think I would rather have those five rings and those just moments that just go bigger than the game. Yeah, and both Derek Jeter, like you said, and David Ortiz, they made their name because of the clutch moments in the postseason. And again, it's not a knock on Mike Trout. We understand that this dude, when it comes to retirement time, when he goes into the Hall of Fame, everyone's going to be talking about, is this guy arguably yeah. the best to ever do it on the field. Another one is Kurt Schilling. I mean, no matter what you think of him personally, I think he, he got de- it done. I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame because, you know, he has that 2001 World Series MVP alongside Randy Johnson and then the Bloody Sock game. That's all you for me, that's yeah. all you need. A lot, you know, he has the numbers in the regular season to get in as well. Definitely. But the postseason numbers just push him over the edge. But baseball and going back to basketball, the arguments, you can't have the individual arguments as much as yeah. you can in basketball with baseball because it's more of a team sport. Yeah. It's not like you can go out there and just put up 50, 50 runs on your own. It's yeah. just not like that where in basketball you see someone putting up 50 points away yeah. in the game. And, you know, you said it's not necessarily Mike Trout's fault. I think, actually, weirdly enough, me and my fiance were having this conversation about if you're a selfish player, if you take the money over a winning team. I mean, Mike Trout has taken that big money extension Especially to stay with Especially if you the already Angels. have the money that sets you for yeah. life, where you don't have to worry about money anymore. All it comes down to is, I need a career where yeah. everyone can look back and say, I was a winner. Well, I was listening to a podcast uh, yesterday about what Giannis should do. Um, you know, he can stay with the Bucks and take a and get a much bigger payday or go to another team and take a smaller payday. And, you know, I... I'm not a millionaire, Matthew. I never will be. But so don't I, say that. Don't say well, that. I, you know, you know what, you know what Tori? You're you're measuring to be a U.S. Te- a, a teacher now. Yes. Who knows? You could <laughs> you could be the greatest historian that the world has ever seen. Go teach at Harvard. Don't don't do that to yourself. But anyways, what you were saying about Giannis? So I will never be a millionaire. Um, <laughs> I will never in my life be a millionaire. But. Um, Go ahead. I don't, I don't want yeah, to hear that yeah, negative yeah, yeah. negative talk from you. So I don't really know the difference between thirty million and fifty million. To me, thirty million is plenty, and I don't know how much more you could do with fifty million than you could with thirty million. So if I'm the if if it's me, I want to win. You know, we had a softball game the other night here at WKU, and it still eats me alive that we didn't win because I played to win the game. I would much rather, you know, obviously if if you rather pay me a hundred thousand or ten million i'm probably gonna take ten million but when it comes to like you know if you already have a hundred million dollars i don't think i really necessarily want the 50 more yeah i would rather win and to but then again i'm not a millionaire so i don't know yeah and to rebuttal that argument i've heard somebody on sports talk radio have that discussion of why would somebody just take 50 million and be on a bad team when you can be on a winning team and have $30 million. Well, obviously, like you said, we're not millionaires, no. so we can never understand what they're going through, but we can understand this. Would you rather have, winning aside, would you rather have 50 or 30 bucks? You would rather have... I'd rather have $50. You would rather have yeah. $50. And $50, when you think about it, 
is a lot more than $30. It is. <laughs> That's how NBA players who look at their millions of dollars, yeah. they look at it 50 bucks and 30 bucks. So 30 million and 50 million, even though we think it's not a lot because we can't imagine having that amount of money, they already do. So they can look at it as would I rather have 50 bucks or 30 bucks? Okay, rebuttal. Okay. So we're college students. So the difference between 50 and $30 is a lot to us. I mean, $50 can get you 10 cookout trays. 30 can only get you six. Yeah, you maybe get an extra milkshake with the 50. That That's a big difference. 50 million and 30 million. Oh, I can only have, you know, two Maserati. I, I, was, I, was, like, I was waiting for you to say that. Like, I was waiting for you like, to say that. So, oh, I can only have a, you know, 100 square foot pool <laughs> instead of a 200 square foot pool. I can only have. A house in Malibu and in New York yes. instead of a house in Malibu, New York, and Paris. Oh, shoot. That's so awful. Poor me. I'm taking the rings. Yeah, I, you have to. I, I am in agreement with yeah. you. It's just another way of looking, trying to get into the millionaire Again, though, mindset. We got, we got I'm, not, a, I'm not a millionaire, and I never will be. Uh, uh, me too. We're, we're, we're in the <laughs> yeah. same boat here on Red Zone Radio. That's right. We got a little bit off topic. Yeah. Let's go into more of the division series. The Marlins and the Cubs. The Miami Marlins, they're not in the postseason anymore. Like I said, the Braves were recording this on a Thursday. The Braves have officially swept the Miami Marlins three games to nothing. But what Miami did, beating the Cubs in the first round, they are showing teams that they are here to stay and they are not going into rebuild mode. So I kind of actually take it a little different. Okay. Um, you know, people have said, oh, wow, wh how wonderful it was that the Marlins got in, even though they had all the COVID cases, they had to go through all that. They used like 80 players this year. Yeah, that that's awesome. And like, I'm really happy for the Marlins. Good for Derek Jeter. You know, um, he put his money where his mouth is. But I still think that in a 162 game season, this wouldn't have happened. I think that the cream would have rose to the top. And I think you have a case where they beat the Chicago Cubs, where the Cubs, kind of like the Reds in this one series, have ever since 2016, they have had a, tr a hard time scoring runs in the postseason. And that's not debatable. They, it's just been really hard for the Cubs. Um, even, even since 2016, Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, and Chris Bryant have had just abysmal postseasons. And so, yeah, is it great what they've done? Sure. But when they ran into an actual team that can play postseason baseball – you know, I think it, uh, they ran into some trouble. Now, can they build on that next year? Yeah, but I just don't necessarily see this team as a team on the rise yet, if that and, makes sense. And I would say, definitely, they need – there is a lot of work to do. Now, their, their pitching is a hope for the future. Now, that, that's yeah, something they, they, they can Yeah, they have a on. lot of guys yeah. who are in that area. And most people, I would say, would agree with you. If this was a 162-game season, there's no way that the Miami Marlins – continue going into the dog days of summer, continue to play consistent baseball and find themselves in the postseason. But with the requirements, they got it done. And like you said, that is bringing a lot of momentum into next season. And they feel like, especially beating who was supposed to be maybe a World Series contender with yeah. Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo in the Chicago Cubs, maybe for next season, they're thinking, hey, we can hang with these boys and we're not even at our peak yet. We can be a scary ball club. Yeah, and let me pivot this on the team that they did beat. Going back to the Cubs, um, Theo Epstein, uh, his press conference kind of made a little news this week because 
Uh, I think it's pretty clear that after next season, his contract is going to be up and he's going to be moving on. Where in the world do the Cubs go from here? I mean, they have so much money tied up in like you, Darvish, and um, and a couple other guys, uh, Jason Hayward, and they got some guys that are going to start coming off arbitration and go into free agency. Um, it's I think it's definitely clear they've not reached their they've not reached their potential. And, you know, one World Series is fine, but then not even winning another postseason series after that. Yeah, everything went downhill after that World Series win. And Theo Epstein, if if he ends up leaving, he's one of the better GMs yeah. in Major oh, League be- for Baseball. Sure. He ended the curse History. with the Boston yeah. Red Sox, and then he ended the curse with the Chicago Cubs. No other GM can say that they ended over, I'm pretty sure, I can't remember if the Red Sox was in over 100 years, the I, Bay Bruce I think it was Cubs, around like 94. Something, something like around that, yeah. there, but still. He means a lot to the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs. And with him leaving and most likely them splitting up Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, maybe just keeping one out of the big three, it may be about time that the Chicago Cubs enter another rebuild mode. Oh, yeah, and and they have a ton of money tied into Craig Kimbrell, who's just been awful Awful. ever since since he's won this. I mean, he blew one game against the Reds this I year. Don't under, blown I don't one. understand it. No, I don't either. He can't find the strike zone. I think he's, zone. Got, he, he's got to stop that. Oh, come on. <laughs> he's got <laughs> That's just silly. For for those of <laughs> obviously you can't see us on radio, but obviously you, you know what Tory Bully meant. Yeah. He, with the, thing, the thing with the arms he does. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got to stop that. Get that out. No, I think that, he'll become a much better pitcher. No, that's iconic, and I disagree. Moving uh, on to— No, hold on, Matthew. Now, the you know, Theo FC might be leaving— uh, as president of baseball operations for the Chicago Cubs, guess who has an opening for their president of who baseball? Does? The Cincinnati Reds. Interesting. Dick Williams and, stepped and down the this Cincinnati week. And the Cincinnati Reds are on the come up. And Theo Epstein, when he joined the Cubs, the Cubs were on the come up. Yeah, a thirty-year postseason drought. It's not a hundred, but it'll do. Very interesting. Next series, the White Sox and the A's. The White Sox got a very impressive Game One win, but the Oakland Athletics rallied to win that series. In three games, they are playing the Houston Astros right now. They are down two games to one. And right now, the Houston Astros are having their way in game four. It is nine to four going into the seventh inning. So it looks like the Houston Astros, unless the A's can do something miraculous, it looks like it's going to be the Houston Astros, sadly for America, the Houston Astros playing either the Tampa Bay Rays or the New York Yankees in the ALCS. I'm going to start to move more quickly through these wildcard series so we can have time to talk about the division series because I know me and Tori have yep. a lot to discuss with that. Another series in the wildcard series, Dodgers and Brewers, not, I mean, Dodgers just yeah. steamrolled hey, Clayton over the Kershaw Brewers. through Wilgate. Stop. <laughs> um, we talked about the Braves and the Reds, Yankees and Indians this like the Cubs is it for the Indians they traded away Trevor Bauer Shane Bieber still there but Francisco Lindor you're free not, agent yeah he's a free agent and it's looking like they're not going to be able to keep them the Cubs and the Indians ever since that World Series yeah. the only good thing that's happened for both those teams combined is that the Cubs one of them had to win the World Series and the Cubs got it done but other than that, nothing. I really believe that the Indians should have won a World Series even after that, but they just got cheap. And when you have a small window, you can't go cheap. And Especially the, in baseball. Yeah. Because when you have that team and you know that you are not like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Cubs and the Dodgers where you can't be spending all this money on players, 
Go get it. Go yeah, get go that for World it. Series. Yeah. Don't think about the future too much. I was talking about this with Ryan as well when we were watching the, the Padres and Dodgers just talking about the Padres and their window, but I totally agree. The Indians, they had their window. They blew it, and it's a shame to see because now they have the longest World Series winless drought yeah. in the MLB. The next series, Blue Jays and the Rays. The the Blue Jays, they're on the come up. I still think they're a much, they're not like the Padres where you know, the next next year they're going to be contending, but the Blue Jays, you know, give them about, I would say, three or four years, and they'll yep. they'll be right there. A lot of great young studs in that lineup. And then the Astros and the Twins, goodness great. We talked about the, the Twins Eight, just need to get straight. it. Yeah, it's just, it's embarrassing. It, yep. it really is. Now, here we go, getting down to the good stuff. The division series, the Braves and the Marlins. Like I said earlier, the Braves swept the Miami Marlins, and The Atlanta Braves coming into the postseason, the big question mark was, how is the pitching going to hold up? Because you don't have Soroka, there's Max Fried, but who is down the line? Who's going to get you out? This is the postseason. Come on, everyone steps up their game. But this dude, Ian Anderson, he is absolutely special. And then today, Kyle Wright was tremendous. Max Fried, good pitcher. Yeah, he is going to be a Cy Young candidate for a long time and in the his bull, career. And the yeah. bullpen's really good. Uh, I mean, they just keep throwing out guys like Darren O'Day and Mark Melanson and uh, a bunch of other guys that can just get it done, get outs when you need it. Um, and then, you know, the offense wasn't that spectacular in the Red Series, but it definitely came alive this series. Uh, Dansby Swanson and Travis Darnode. Uh, Darnode had, Swanson has really come into his yeah. own. Uh, Darnode had the fourth most RBIs by a catcher ever in a postseason series behind um, only Yadier Molina, um, Yvonne Rodriguez, and Gary Carter, three all-time greats, and they were in seven-game series. And one of the more impressive things about what the Braves have been doing lineup-wise in this postseason is Freddie Freeman, who is arguably the National League MVP this season, he's had one hit. I'm not sure what he did today. Let me go look at the box He had one or two today, I think. Okay, going into today's game, he had one hit, and that one hit came in the walk-off against the Cincinnati Reds. You have Acuna Jr. batting leadoff. It's so dangerous, and then... Like I said, you put Freed and then what Ian Anderson and, and Kyle Wright have been doing. This is going to be a tough team to beat, whether they face the most likely L.A. Dodgers or maybe the San Diego Padres can pull off the comeback. Yeah, assuming they play the Dodgers, I was, I'm still going to pick the Dodgers, but, I mean, that lineup is not an easy lineup to navigate. I mean, it took the Cincinnati Reds um, a historic pitching performance by Trevor Bauer and then a really good pitching performance by – um, Luis Castillo, but even then they ended up uh, coming alive. I mean, you can't keep a lineup of uh, Ronald Acuna, Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna, Dansby Swanson, Travis Darnold. I mean, the, uh, Nick Markakis, Ozzy Albies. I mean, they they have weapons all up and down the lineup. They got power. They got uh, they got the ability to make contact and get base hits when they need it. Um, it's definitely a dangerous team for the Dodgers. So, to face. so tough. And speaking of the Dodgers, let's get into what everyone has been talking about, especially in Game Two of the NLDS between the Dodgers and the Padres. It's six to three, and then Kenley Jansen didn't know what to do yep. in the ninth inning. Dave Roberts shockingly went to Joe Kelly out of the bullpen. Bases were loaded with two outs, and Joe Kelly gets Eric Hosmer to ground out the second to take a two to nothing lead. But 
The buildup before that ninth inning was awesome. I, I, I know fights and sports are supposed to be frowned upon, but who are we kidding? This is America for crying out loud. This is the greatest game ever in the world. And I love seeing this baseball tension going back to the viewership of baseball. This is what brings viewers in. I'm not, I'm not saying do it every game, but, but you know what I mean. You know, yep. in, in basketball and football, they're always talking, why not in baseball? But this all started, so I forget what inning it was, but Trent Grisham, there was a line drive to right center field. The Dodgers are up something like 3-1 to one or 4-1, to one, and Trent Grisham makes a nice on-the-run catch. And after he does, going back into the dugout because the catch ended the inning, he lobbed the baseball right next to Dodgers relief pitcher Brewster Gratterall. And it was not... Like, oh, here you go. Let me just hand it to you because, you know, you know well, I'm, I'm just being nice and here you go. Here's the baseball. Yeah. No, it was like, here you go. I just made a tremendous out. Let's freaking go. And Brewster Gratterall obviously took exception to that Grisham remark when Fernando Tatis comes up. And before he did, Gratterall balked. So he comes into the game. He balks, throws a 99 mile per hour hour fastball right down the pipe that Fernando Tatis puts a massive swing on it goes to dead center and Cody Bellinger made one of the best plays that you will ever see in the postseason but after that as Gratterall sees the catch this is where it got chippy Gratterall throws his glove and his hat and blows a kiss towards Manny Machado now I did not know that Trent Grisham did throw the baseball into the Dodgers' bullpen before Gratterall threw all that stuff. So I was looking at Gratterall like, are you kidding me, dude? This isn't the World Series. You still got a lot of ball game left, and the Padres have one of the best lineups in the majors. And if it hadn't been for an all-time great catch, you just gave up a two-run homer for the Padres to take the lead. Don't act like you did anything. And before that, you balked. Nothing went well. Cody Bellinger saved your life. And Manny Machado, like I said, was chirping at him. And a lot of the Dodgers, right when Manny Machado started yelling at Gratterall, a lot of the Dodgers got into it. Max Muncy was saying something. Mookie Betts, who doesn't really say, he he's not much of a trash talker. He said something from the outfield. So, Well, and then you had on on Manny Machado's uh, solo homer in the sixth off of Clayton Kershaw, you know, he threw the bat, said, let's effing go. Um, you know, their tensions were kind of that's, fine. That's okay. Yeah, but I, I, I just think he's that. He's saying it towards his team. Yeah, and I agree with that. But, like, I think when you see that kind of stuff, they still kind of make, you know, Especially because Machado used to be on the Dodgers, and I don't think the World Series went as well for him as he might have hoped. And uh, I just think that that might have you know escalated things just a little bit as well. And also, a situa- situation like this happened in the regular season when Trent Grisham pimped a home run against yeah. the Dodgers in a regular season game. And coming around third, he was saying some stuff towards the Dodgers dugout and Talking about how the Padres are on the come up and the Dodgers, they're always going to be really good. This could be the next really great rivalry in baseball to bring a lot of people to watch the sport. I'm just going to say to the Padres, the Dodgers are the most talented team in baseball in a while. And if you come at the King, you best not miss. Yeah. So, you know, they're down 2-0 right now. And, you know, 
uh, trash talking doesn't go as well when you lose, but still, if you come at the King, uh, I would assume that you yeah, guys not Definitely. Miss. More on that game. So, Tory Bowling is really rooting for Clayton Kershaw to throw a perfect game yeah. every outing. And I would love to say, I, I like Clayton Kershaw, yeah, but guy. if he threw a perfect game last night, I still would not be a believer in him coming up clutch in the postseason. Well, he is too far into his career to be doing well or to be remembered as a guy who threw a perfect game in the NLDS. I want to see it on the biggest stage, which is the World Series. Well, so I sent you a text last night. Um, Kershaw yes. had thrown uh, five innings, one run baseball. Like after just coming off an eight inning, no run, 13 Sp- strikeout performance. Soon. I was like, hey, Matthew, you want to put some respect on that Kershaw name now? And, like, literally as I pressed the blue send button. See ya. See ya, baseball. And I was like, well, I really hate myself. And then as I was sending that text, <sighs> see ya, baseball, by Eric Hosmer. So, I mean, still a, a – uh, No, he, he pitched well. And for through two games, he's 2-0 with a 1-9-3 ERA, um, 14 innings, nine hits, three runs, and uh, – where's strikeouts at? And 19 strikeouts in those 14 innings. So – so no, he's been baseball well, well, but I need to see it in the World Series. I also, I think I kind of think this is this is it, and I think it's quiet right now because I don't think there's as much pressure on him. I mean, because all- technically he's not the yeah. number one guy in that rotation. It really is when you look at a Walker Bueller now. Yeah, and like you know, obviously there's all the pressure in the world for the Dodgers to win just because they're they are the heavy favorites. But then again, like you know, I just don't think everybody's looking to Kershaw to carry the Dodgers. I mean, the lineup is just absolutely stacked. And then you got, uh, like you said, Walker Buehler and Dustin Maythorn tonight. You got another couple of talented pitchers right right there beside him. So I just don't think the pressure is on him like it usually is. Yeah, game three is tonight at 8 o'clock. How are the Padres going to be able to win three straight? They're going to have to hit the baseball because I just don't see how— They're going to be— High-scoring games. They yeah. have to be. Yeah, I just don't see how the Padres can keep the Dodgers lineup, lineup at bay, especially, I mean, Mike Clevenger going down in game one early, and then I don't think LeMet is going to be throwing in this series. Um, let's see who is throwing or not. It is Mirage. I, I've never heard of that guy in my life. So, I mean, um, I just think that they're, the, the lineup is going to have to carry this team, and uh, I don't, I just don't really see it happening. But you know, anything can happen in baseball. Definitely. And the last division series that we have not talked about well, in this one. Real quick, back to the Dodgers. They're going to have to do something about Kenley Jansen, correct? Oh yes, we we didn't even discuss that. Yeah, yeah Kenley Jansen. Watching the film on him last night. Obviously, he's known for that high power, ninety-five mile per hour cutter. This baseball out of the hand was not moving at all. It yeah. looks like a BP fastball. He only had a couple, and at that point, they're just more like baby sliders at that yes, point. Yes, the hits he were he was giving up, 88 right down the pipe, and then the hit he gave to Grisham, 91. Yeah. You had to get Joe Kelly in there so you could see the 99-mile-per-hour fastball, yeah. and then his curveball was looking pretty good yeah. at times. And, um, you know, he ended up walking um, – Tatis and Machado when he came Those in. Those were great at-bats, though. They were good at-bats, especially the Tatis Joe at-bat. Kelly yeah. put together some great pitches. And, I mean, like, you know, smart. Don't necessarily prod and pick at um, Tatis and Machado. Don't give them a chance to blow this game wide open. Um, he came in, did his job, 
Uh, I just think that the Dodgers are going to have to go to someone else in the ninth inning because, you know, use Jansen in the seventh or eighth, but I just don't think he's that guy anymore. And to be honest, he's never been that clutch of a closer to begin with. Now He's you, had his postseason struggles. Yeah, and now you add in the fact that his stuff just ain't the same. I mean, go to Blake Trining. Go to... Yeah, um, who was sensational as a closer when he was with Oakland. Yeah, go to him. Go to uh, Joe Kelly. Um, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, Dustin May's starting tonight, and I think he's... His stuff is too good to be a closer, per se. But, I mean, even if you need three outs in the ninth and he's not pitching a while, throw him in there. Well, the thing is, is teams have done that before where, they're, where they throw in one of their three or four, if they have a deep starting rotation, one of their really fast-throwing three or four yeah. guys, they'll stick them in the back end of the rotation to get them some playoff wins. I know I talk, I talk a lot about the Boston Red Sox on red, red Zone, and then last week when we did this, first baseball podcast but 2018 Nathan Avaldi he was a big part of that bullpen for Boston he started games as well but when you needed some big outs in the eighth inning he came in pumping 99 with a 95 mile per hour cutter and got the job done yeah and in game one when Walker Buehler didn't go long uh, Dustin May came in and the the Padres looked like they had absolutely no clue to do with him. And I, I think he's been, um, yeah, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but I think he's giving the Padres trouble this year. And, you know, he's starting in game three. So, you know, that could spell the end. I, I think Dustin May is nastiest pitcher in MLB. Definitely. But if Dave Roberts were to pick a new closer from here on out, I would go with Joe Kelly. I think I he would He has too. that experience. He's performed well in the postseason. And he's the got only, that mentality. Yeah, he, he he's like, give me the ball. I'm going to get this done. The only knock on him is sometimes he just doesn't know where the ball's going. He's yeah. got 99 mile per hour fastball, but you just never know sometimes. And I mean, all outs are important, but there's just something about outs number 25, 26, and 27. They're the hardest out to get. You got to have that closer mentality. Not saying that. Kenley Jansen doesn't, but I think if you're going to look to someone else, I think Joe Kelly has that mentality. Definitely. Now, let's move to that last division series, the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. So, game one, the New York Yankees absolutely obliterate. Well, I wouldn't say obliterate. They just had a huge grand slam from Red Hot. He's probably been the hottest hitter in the postseason and Giancarlo Stanton it seems like every time he enters the batter's box it's going 500 feet into the San Diego beaches for crying out loud I mean the dude has been on a tear but he hit a ninth inning grand slam to put the nail in the coffin in game one to give the Yankees a nine to three win now moving on to game two and a lot of people, especially Yankees fans, are going to go back to this game if the Yankees lose this series and say, what was Aaron Boone doing? So, J.A. Happ, he got the loss, but he didn't start the game. The New York Yankees did in game two what they really haven't done all season and what the Tampa Bay Rays, who are really the only team who has shown that they are productive with the opener, the Yankees decided to try that opener idea. And they went with the young stud in, how do you pronounce his name? Uh, da- Davey Gar- Davey Garcia? Davey Garcia? Davey yeah, Garcia. Davey Garcia, yeah. Age 21. And he gave up one run in that first inning pitch. And J.A. Happ. He didn't get in a groove, which J.A. Happ isn't really known for his postseason pitching stats, yeah. but still, 
going out with the opener when you never do it? You know, J.A. Happ's not used to coming into the second inning. You know they had to ruin all the, you know, the routine. The routine, yeah. yes, of J.A. Happ and the Yankees. And I think part of the problem is just that the Yankees don't really have anywhere else to turn. Um, you know, they threw Tanaka last night. They really needed that Tanaka start to go well, and it just didn't. Um, you know, I think – you know, you you kind of scoff at the fact that uh, the Yankees have had some injuries, and so that might not be why they've been as great. But I mean, the matter of the fact is, they're is back that, now. Well, they're they're nope, they're healthy. Well, well they're, they're, the rotation is do not, not do the not ro- the rotation is not. Listen, do you know what the rotation? First, should hold be? up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Their rotation has always been pretty good. Yes, they don't have James Paxton. But boo-hoo, they still have Garrett Cole, J.A. Happ, who's supposed to be in a... This is on Brian Cashman, if you want to talk about the... James Paxton, he's not what he used to be on the Mariners. Well, I mean, do you know what their rotation should be? It should be Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, um, Tanaka, and then Paxton is a fourth option. But they just don't have, they but why, don't have that. But That's two quality every, starters. Why is everyone have. saying that the Yankees, this is their year to win a World Series, even though they don't have those pitchers? Well, I don't think. I, I think everybody knows the Dodgers. Do you think it's just team. the New York media? Yeah, I, I would think. It's supposed to be Yankee. To begin the year, I would say that most people would have would have said. It would have been Dodgers, Yankees. Yankees, Dodgers. Yeah, I agree. And I still think they're the two most talented teams in this. I just think that, you know, Paxton and Severino are big injuries because he – I mean, you got who the heck is Jordan Montgomery starting tonight? I mean, uh, I just think that's a problem. And as good as the Yankees' offense has been, you still got to score. You still got to give up less runs than you score. I mean, if the Yankees end up losing tonight, and let's even say, let's be optim or cautious and say that John Carlos Stanton does not hit a home run tonight, he would have hit six home runs in six games, and you lose. And you know, you could you. Definitely can't blame the offense. They've been as good as advertised. It's just that even the bullpen, uh, they've dealt with some injuries, but um, they, the guys that aren't injured just haven't really like Ottavino. He's not been that great. Um, cool went down early. Or Coon, Chad Coonley Kuhn, or Coonel. Chad. Oh yes, yeah. I, I know you're talking. Yeah, about. I you know he's he's went down. He's a really talented guy. Um, you know, no more uh, Batances. So I mean, I just think that on paper healthy the Yankees should have the pitching to get done but it's a postseason and all these guys are hurt and not giving them an excuse I'm just you know it's it is what it is I just don't think that with the talent they have they need to be losing the Tampa Bay Rays I know the Tampa Bay Rays are good but I mean they're the best record the the New York Yankees have spent 110 million dollars on their roster I get they haven't used Severino but I just feel like it's the bias in me. It's sometimes you just need to be I like Matthew. Matthew, except that they just can't help. They just can't help it. Injuries, they can't help it. That's why they're losing. I understand. But until you get that through my thick Boston skull, I'm going to say that the Yankees are choking. I mean, every in the year in the postseason, if you score, all right, game one, they scored nine runs, they won. Game two, they scored five runs. They lost. If you score five runs in the like, postseason yeah, game, that, I think you should win. Yeah. Uh, game two, you put yourself thought, in a good position. Yeah, they scored four runs. I mean, that's kind that's of not, on, that's kind of on terrible. the cusp. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, they're averaging. Eight, I mean, eight, eight, eight and seven runs. You can't expect back to back games their offense to get you nine or ten runs in these first three games. They're averaging six runs a game, and they're down one two. So, I I just think that. 
there has to be correlation between that and the pitching injuries. Well, now the Yankees have to win two straight games to play, who will most likely be the Houston Astros. I, I, I do and, kind of have a small bone to pick with the MLB. Go ahead. I get that you're in a bubble and there's no travel, but I still, I, I would still appreciate a day off in between at least one of these games. Yeah, I, I would. I'm just saying, I, as a viewer, I would much rather well, see Garrett Cole throw Game Four than Jordan Montgomery. Well, what the MLB is doing, if it does go to five games, so this is Game Four tonight, they get two days off and wouldn't start the ALCS till Monday. Okay. So the MLB is saying. Hey, play all these games straight, and then you get all those extra days. Even better yet, if you play really well in these back-to-back-to-back-to-back games, then you can get more days off yeah. because you won't play till Monday. But that extra day in between, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know what the players like. I, I feel like that's a player. I input. love seeing guys come back on three days rest. I think it's one of the most. It does help the pitching. It definitely does help the. Pitching. I don't know what the word for it is, but I just think it's one of the most interesting developments always in the MLB postseason. Who can come in and throw on three days rest, and who cannot? And we're just not really getting any of that. We're throwing out there Jordan Montgomery and to whoever the heck they threw black, um, the other night. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of Jordan Montgomery, his stats coming into this huge postseason start. Not he great. 2-3 with a 5.11 ERA. And because great, that, Bob. Because that Yankees, you, you mentioned it, the Yankees bullpen hasn't been up to par what it's supposed to be this season. They're going to have to rely on Jordan Montgomery to at least go, you know, four innings, yeah. keep them in the ball game. And then go to your big-time pitchers, Chad Green, Ottavino. They're going to be ready to go because Zach Britton, this is a must-win yeah. Yeah, must scenario. If you need Chapman, if you're up by one run, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Boone is telling his big lefty and Chapman, hey, we need you for innings eight and nine. We got to get to game five. And Worry I would, about game five tomorrow. And I would tell Aaron Boone that's not a very good idea because Chapman it, is a three-out pitcher. You are exactly right. But – Going to the Rays side, they have Ryan Thompson, who went one and two. He's a relief pitcher. Okay. He went one and two this year with a 4.44 ERA. So they're going to try 20, to 25 appearances. He had 23 strikeouts and 26 and thirds innings pitched. So this is that Rays opener situation that they're, they're going they're to try so to patch it together. At. Absolutely. Yeah. And the Rays. Their pitching staff is so dangerous, and everyone knew this coming in. You have Tyler Glass now. You have Blake Snell. You have Charlie Morton. And then that fourth day, when you have the best bullpen, the reason why the, the Yankees, the Rays have done it for so long. I don't mind the Yankees pulling out the opener, especially with the bullpen that they have, but you have to be a team who consistently uses it to get your pitchers in a rhythm, get them comfortable yeah. with using that to just go out and say, hey, we're going to do this tonight in game two of the postseason of the ALD. Yes, that just throws everyone off. And the Rays have been doing this for some time now. That's why you, I'm, I'm not going to argue with them pulling it off tonight and trying to get a game four win against the Yankees with Ryan Thompson. And then if he loses... Well, yeah, Blake Snell going for game five. I wouldn't be surprised. Charlie Morton, he's been in a relief situation with the Houston Astros in 2017. He did a really good job out of the pen. So him, maybe you can get a couple innings from him or maybe Tyler Glass now. You never know. Uh, the Yankees just got to hope and pray they win tonight and they can get back to Garrett Cole for game five. That you know that That's their only hope at this point. Yes, 
That's that's why if I'm the Tampa Bay Rays and I'm Kevin Cash, and I'm going for the kill tonight. You do not want to see Garrett Cole game yep. five. That is scary. I didn't even I didn't I wasn't even thinking about that. I think that would have been three days rest at that point. Yeah, all I've been thinking about is the New York Yankees on the brink of elimination. <laughs> so we've gone through all the division series and now let's get into what we think will happen for what or at least what we think will what it will look like for the championship series. Obviously, you know. It's probably going to be the Braves and the Dodgers. Unless, do you have the Padres coming back? Cause I, I do not, know. I see the Padres winning tonight. I don't. You I, don't. They, I don't think they have I know the Padres are throwing out their number one fan, some guy in San Diego tonight, but you still don't. I just don't. I don't see them touching Dustin May tonight. It may seem like you know, I'm du- touching Shaggy. It, it may seem that I'm a Dustin May super fan, but I think the Padres specifically cannot hit him. And that's okay. And the Astros, they're definitely going to move on, sadly. They are up now 11-4 to in the top yep. of the eighth on the Oakland Athletics. Man, the, the Oakland A's, they just need pitching. You know, they've always had the lineup. They just never had that ace pitcher. And when you're playing teams like the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees, it's just not going to get it done. Well, you know what they're not going to do? Go out and spend Absolutely money not. They're going to keep Simeon. They're going to keep Matt Olson. Those guys who are pretty good, but you can keep them in, in, in the low salary contracts. Yeah. That money ball. Great movie, movie but not a recipe to win. Absolutely. So, most likely, we're going to have the Dodgers and the Braves. And because the Braves starters, specifically in Ian Anderson and Kyle Wright, have been pitching so well this postseason, that makes it... A little bit more interesting yeah, because it does. if you had Ian, if Ian Anderson and Kyle Wright were pitching, you know, just kind of mediocre, I would feel like people would be like Dodgers and three, even though it's a seven game <laughs> yeah. series because of that lineup. And when you have two great lineups, it's going to come down to the pitching, and obviously the Dodgers have better pitching. I'm, I think I'm going to go Dodgers and six. I think it'll be a good series. Um, I think that both offenses are very potent. Um, I think the Braves is a little more um, – it's a little more – I don't want to say boomer bust because they don't really – like they score runs at a consistent clip, but I think theirs is a little more, you know, all coming to you once where I just think that the Dodgers lineup is really good at manufacturing runs consistently. Um, you take last night in the rally that they had um, to break it open a little bit. Um, like you had like a Mookie Betts du- – uh, Double. I think uh, actually, I think this is like game one, but um, there's already run around Mookie Betts double, Corey Seager sack fly. All of a sudden, you know, you got a little uh, Mac Muncy double, you got a Justin Turner single, you got a Cody Bellinger single. I just think they can come at you like that more than the Braves can. Do you think if the LA Dodgers win the World Series that this team will go down as one of the best teams in MLB history again? No, why? I don't think any team that could win the World Series this year could go down as why not. I just don't think that because of the sixty game season. I, I need more than I need more than sixty Tory games. Ball, and you did not just say that. Yeah, I mean, like you're I'm not, telling me if the Cincinnati Reds were to win the World Series, potentially beating the Atlanta Braves, L.A. Dodgers, and maybe another tough team, and then meeting the likes of the New York Yankees in the World Series, which would be an outstanding playoff run. You would say I need to see more. No. I would be, you know, streaking down the streets of Cincinnati if that happened. When I, you know, I'm While not, I'm on my camera phone. I'm not calling it like a cheap Mickey Mouse ring that LeBron's about to earn. But don't you? <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't. 
<laughs> I just no, it just the phrase Mickey Mouse ring just makes me laugh. And so I like throwing it out anytime it came. I, I respect LeBron's ring. It's real for sure. Just like the Dodgers ring, if they win, will be real. And like I think they would have earned it. And I think that they get the the benefit of having a World Series written by their name without an asterisk. I just don't think that I can call them one of the best teams of all time. I mean, let's just put it this way. Like, if they win the World Series this year, how would you compare them to the 2018 Red Sox? How I would compare? I would just look at the lineups. and Not, I would not see that the Red Sox the are the best of all time, but like... But no, they I would won, respect they won what, 110 yeah, games. I would respect what they did, even though like maybe on paper... The Dodgers will be better. I, I, I would, would just, respect I would, the Red I would Sox look at more. what they did in the postseason, yeah. and I would look at, I would compare this team with they with this team with the two, 2018 Red Sox beat the 2020 Dodgers. I would look at the lineup and and everything like that. I just I like the fact that the Red Sox won 110 games and carried it over to the postseason. Yeah, I think I would give them. An edge over the Dodgers. Not that the even though the Dodgers went forty three and seventeen and probably were on pace, it's just because they never had the opportunity yeah. to do it. I mean that's awesome and all, but I mean it just it, sucks. It, to it suck. just, yeah, it just sucks to suck. Yeah, yeah. man, so, that is. Uh, I mean, they're a really talented team. I just don't think I can put no. Them it's up in that it's uh inter- it's a good it, question. It, it's an interesting discussion because there's both sides to it. If you say that this World Series matters, I think that. You should be able for whoever wins the World Series to compare them to other World Series teams because you are saying it matters, so you're saying that this team matters. So you can't come up with excuses like if the Astros win were to win this year's World Series. They earned it. It's a World Series. Yeah. None of this. It was a 60-game season because everyone basically by having this season was in agreement, hey, it doesn't matter. Everyone's under the same regulations. It all counts. Yeah. Now... You can look at it. You can say, like you said, they won the World Series, but I still need more. You can have that same argument when comparing all-time players. DJ LeMahieu led the American League in batting average. He had like, what, 371 or something yeah. like that this season. Are you going to say DJ LeMahieu had one of the greatest seasons or is one of the better hitters ever and in Luke, Major League history. No, because it was 60 games. And Luke Voigt was on pace for 59 home runs this year. Would he be one of the greatest home run hitters of all no, time? No, because he didn't have the opportunity. It sucks to suck, and I'm sorry, but it that's is, how it is. 2020 it is, is the worst year what ever. It is. it is what it is. Now, Matthew, I, I, I'm going to make you sad a little bit. I think the Astros are going to the World Series. I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, Carlos Correa is the most hated man in America right now. But he's the he, dude's he, on a tear. Yeah. He took one all the way to San Francisco. That's how far this ball went in today's game against the Did Oakland Did you A's. know that George Springer is fifth on the all-time postseason home run list? He is a stud in the postseason. Fifth most postseason home runs of all time. Now, some of those have to be an asterisk because of 2017-2018. I'm just now. saying that's what the numbers are. It's what the numbers are. But and he's only behind, oh, I don't know, Manny Ramirez, Derek Jeter, Mickey Mantle. You know what? I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, going to stop you there because of 2017-2018. I, I put an asterisk next to all those numbers and that World Series ring. I mean, they're 
Yeah, they if did, he can do it in this postseason, then I'll they did, they it. didn't hit good in the regular season, but in the postseason or just in this series specifically, Springer three eighty nine, Altuve four hundred, Brantley three sixty eight, Bregman four twenty nine, uh, Correa five hundred with a one point seven OPS. That that doesn't do anything for you, no. No. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, I think they're going to the World Series. No, Correa, if, if they're doing something in this postseason, absolutely. They're going off, and, and like I said, they earned it. I want a Yankees-Dodgers World Series just for the— you That'd know, be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool, but my second rooting interest is Dodgers-Astros. Dodgers-Astros yeah. would— be awesome because obviously you have the There's Dodgers. So they, f- they felt cheated, yeah. and the Astros are the most hated team yeah. in the world. So that would be very interesting. And they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. I mean, they just are. And you know, they no, got, they are scary. They got Dusty Baker, who I adore. I would love to see him get a ring. Well, can you imagine if they had Justin Verlander right now? I would pick him to win the World Series. Honestly, it'd be tough. Yeah. And if you have that Yankees-Dodgers World Series, a Garrett Cole versus Clayton Kershaw matchup, even though we probably wouldn't get it because Garrett Cole would be going game one and then Walker Bueller would probably be going game one. But Yankees-Dodgers, two of the most historical franchises ever, it'd be a lot. I know I hate the Yankees a lot, but for crying out loud, that would be a lot of fun to see. You know what would be uh, Matthew Hargrove's worst nightmare, and that is an Astros-Yankees-ALCS. Yeah, that would be brutal to watch for you. Yeah, I I think I don't know which one I would hate more, seeing that or the Yankees and the Dodgers as Mookie Betts hits a grand slam walk off home run <laughs> yeah. in Game Seven, or Aaron Judge hits a walk off. Yeah, home. that'd be tough. Oh my gosh, you're, get, you're, you're giving me nightmares. That's gonna do it. We've we've talked everything under the sun about the MLP postseason. We're gonna try to do another podcast next week and hopefully we will have some or we definitely will have some talk about the ALCS and the NLCS maybe we'll do it earlier because those are the only two series that are going on and we want to get our you know obviously we want to get in depth about the series and maybe a look into the World Series but I assume we're going to have two more we're going to have a LCS and then a World Series and I don't know how they're doing the World Series. I don't know if they're going to have off days. So maybe we can have two World Series podcasts. Maybe we we can have one before a Game 7. That would be a lot of fun. But we're just going to have to wait. So like I said, that's going to do it for myself, Matthew Hargo, and my partner, Tori Bowling. This has been another Red Zone Radio miniseries podcast.